0: At one point in the pandemic, my dad asked me this really weird question. Gas, me prestas tu bicicleta? Can I borrow your bike? Beach cruisers and mountain bikes, kitty bicycles, and those that weigh like a pound but cost a bunch, their sales have exploded. The National Bicycle Dealers Association, yeah, that's a thing, they say that retail sales rose by more than 40% last year. All nice and fun and Papa Wheelies, right? Well, not if you're a Latino in Los Angeles County. If you're bicycling and Latino, the sheriff's department is more than likely to think that you're sus. I'm Gustavo Ariano. You're listening to The Times, daily news from The L.A. Times. It's Tuesday, November 30th, 2021. A recent L.A. Times investigation found that from 2017 to July of this year, 70% of bicyclists that L.A. County sheriff's deputies pulled over were Latinos, even though the group makes up only about half of L.A. County's population. And they searched 85% of those bike riders that they stopped, even though they often had no reason to think that they'd find something illegal. In fact, L.A. County Sheriff's deputies ended up making arrests or writing citations just 21% of the time. Today, we talked to the L.A. Times reporters who reported this story. And we talked to a Latino cycling activist about his own experiences creating the Eastside Bike Club. When I think of cyclists, I think of two types. One are the weekend warriors, the men and women in Lycra speeding down streets like if they were in the Tour of France or something. But the others are Latinos commuting early in the morning and late at night their work stuff in a heavy backpack. Well, guess which type of cyclists get pulled over more by L.A. County sheriffs? Aline Chekmejian and Ben Poston wrote about this situation. Aline and Ben, welcome to The Times.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having us.
0: So the investigation, where did you folks get the inspiration to look into this issue?
1: So we started to look into this last year after a deputy shooting, there was a man named John Kizzy, who was bike riding through South LA. He was riding on the wrong side of the road and deputies tried to pull him over and he fled and they chased him and there was eventually a struggle and deputies shot and killed him. This was a controversial shooting that sparked weeks of protests and we wanted to see after that how prevalent these types of bike stops were. So we did a public records request for all of the sheriff's department's bike stop data. So each time deputies make a bike stop, they log it into their database with a specific code. They record the time, the location, the race, age, reason for the stop, whether the person was searched, whether they were held in the back seat of a patrol car, whether they were issued a citation, or whether they were arrested. So we got a copy of this database and analyzed more than 44,000 bike stops that deputies logged from January of 2017 through July of this year. Ben actually did his magic with all that information and was able to come up with our findings that were in the story.
0: And Ben, what were those findings? I mentioned some earlier on top, 85% of bike riders that they stopped, even though they often had no reason to find something illegal and ended up making arrests. What were some of the other stats that really stood out to you?
2: Yeah, the high search rate, 85%. I've never seen a search rate that high. And I've looked at data from LAPD, other LA County Sheriff units. I've studied traffic stop data around California, Wisconsin, the Midwest. 85% is so off the charts. So let's just start there. And if you talk to any criminal justice experts, they were like, their jaws dropped. And then when you get into the sort of racial, ethnic breakdown, Latinos, they were the most likely to be stopped. 70% 70% of stops were Latino. They represent about half of the population or the biking population in L.A. County, the sheriff's jurisdiction in L.A. County. They were the most likely to be stopped. They were the most likely to be searched. They were most likely to be held in the back seat. They were most likely to have their probation or parole status questioned. But they were the least likely to be arrested, and they were the least likely to have contraband found.
0: And Latinos do make up nowadays a big plurality of L.A. County's population. But all of the stats that you mentioned, it was still way over the top of what they reflected in the county's demographics.
2: Exactly. So 70% of stops, really the only stats you compare to a benchmark like a population or a biking estimate is the stop rate. So that 70% is they're way overrepresented in their stops compared to white people, white cyclists who are way underrepresented. And black cyclists were also either even or just slightly underrepresented. But then when you get into, okay, now the stop has occurred. Now we're in a universe that we can really like define because we know we can define that universe. And then when you look at that, then Latinos are the most likely to be searched and, and down the line.
0: The LA County Sheriff's Department covers 42 of the county's 88 cities plus unincorporated areas. Aline, what areas of the county were these stops happening and where were they not happening?
1: So we found that the stops were largely happening in neighborhoods with large non-white populations. So we found bike riders in poor communities with large non-white populations are stopped and searched you know, far more than those in more affluent, whiter parts of the county. For example, the stop rate in South El Monte, a working class city where most residents are Latino, was 10 times higher than that of Malibu, a mostly white city. We found that a lot of the people we stopped in neighborhoods were riding on the sidewalk, which is actually illegal in unincorporated areas of the county. And so they were stopped for riding on the sidewalk more frequently in areas with few bike lanes. And so many of these neighborhoods are home to predominantly Black and Latino lower-income residents. And in East L.A., for example, nearly a quarter of bike stops were for sidewalk violations, which was one of the highest rates in the sheriff's jurisdiction. And only 1% of streets in East L.A. have bike lanes. So bike lane access and infrastructure is also like a really big factor in this You know, we went to Linwood, where there are no bike lanes at all, and about 16% of all stops were for sidewalk violations there. So we spent a lot of time talking to people, riding their bikes through these neighborhoods. We went to East L.A., we went to Norwalk and Linwood and Willowbrook and some other places, and we talked to dozens of riders who'd said that they'd been stopped at least once, some multiple times. You know, and many of these folks are relying on biking to get to and from work, to run errands. You know, a lot of them told us that they couldn't afford to buy a car or some of the other expenses that come along with driving. Um, Maybe they had a car, but they, you know, didn't want to pay for, you know, gas on their daily commutes every day. But this choice, they said, was often greeted with suspicion by deputies.
2: So just quick on the geographic disparities, you know, across L.A. County, across the sheriff's jurisdiction, we found that places like Agora Hills, Westlake Village, Calabasas, Palos Verdes or um, Rolling Hills Estates.
0: Richer, wider areas.
2: There were like less than 10 bike stops in those places over a period of, you know, four plus years. So when you get into enforcement and whether or not the sheriff is doing enforcement evenly across the county, I think when you look at those numbers and you look at a place like East L.A. that had 3,000 plus stops or Maywood that I think had a 1,000-plus, or Linwood, which had a lot of stops, or Willowbrook. And then you look at those places that are, like, wider, more affluent communities, I think the disparity really becomes apparent.
0: But were any of these stops and searches even effective in actually stopping or reducing crime?
1: Well, we found that they were not that effective because, you know, only 8% of these searches led to deputies finding illegal items like drugs or weapons. And actually, weapons made up only less than half a percent of all seizures during these searches.
0: We'll be back after this break. Ben and Aline, can you both share stories from cyclists that you interviewed who were held up by sheriff's deputies and searched?
2: Sure. One person we talked to, Gabriel Ledesma in East L.A., you know, has been stopped and searched multiple times over the years. And, you know, he's a longtime resident of East Los Angeles. You know, he's a very down to earth, friendly person. He grew up poor. He never got a driver's license. He never learned how to drive. He's now, I think, his late 40s. He rides his bike everywhere. He rides his bike to work. He rides his bike for recreation. And I met him on an afternoon on Whittier Boulevard. He's biking on the sidewalk. I stopped to talk to him. I, you know, first of all, doesn't feel safe riding on Whittier Boulevard. It's a very busy street. Very busy. There's no bike lanes. It's busy during the week. It's incredibly busy on the weekends, especially Sundays when there's a lot of cruising going on. So he's riding on the sidewalk, so he doesn't feel safe, and I wouldn't either, and I'm a cyclist. So we start talking, and he's been stopped, and these deputies sort of ask him these questions when he's riding his bike, like, why are you riding a bike? You know, why don't you have a car? Like, immediately suspicious, the fact that he's riding a bike at all, and he's a middle-aged person, and just this sort of attitude of, like, you must be doing something illegal if you're on a bike, or the attitude of... You probably have a criminal record. There's probably a reason you're on a bike. You probably lost your license. You know, you're probably on paper. You're probably on probation parole. Like something's going on with you. And you get stopped repeatedly and searched repeatedly over the years. And what is that going to do to your level of trust with the law enforcement?
0: It's not even implicit bias, it seems. It seems like intentional bias, very much connected to Southern California car culture, thinking like, well, if you can't drive a car, then obviously something must be sketch about you.
2: Yeah. And we heard that from others that we talked to. We did a canvas across multiple neighborhoods like we were all over the county talking to people. And those are some of the experiences we heard.
0: Elaine, you covered the L.A. Sheriff's Department. And what reasons did they give for pulling over and searching these bicyclists and the rates that both you and Ben found?
1: The Sheriff's Department defended the use of bike stops as a way to fight and prevent crime. They said that people often get on their bikes to evade police because they can get away quicker, you know, people on bicycles. They didn't think that the 8% contraband finding was too low or raised serious questions. They said that an officer will often conduct a search for their own safety, just a kind of a routine weapons pat down. But we found that those types of pat downs account for only a fraction of searches. And, you know, the biggest chunk is actually them going through people's pockets or their backpacks. So those were some of the things that they had told us before we published. And we haven't really heard from them since we published our investigation, even though we've reached out for comment.
0: So they didn't say anything about changing those tactics at all.
1: No, we haven't heard from them since then. However, the Board of Supervisors has sort of moved on it and we've heard from oversight officials who are looking into it as well. So the Board of Supervisors has asked county officials to look into a couple things. One is developing a diversion program for people cited for infractions related to walking and biking. So these types of diversion programs often will allow people to avoid jail times or financial penalties if they don't commit another offense. And then the supervisors are also looking into changing the county code that bans people from biking on the sidewalk in unincorporated areas of the county. So it would legalize biking on the sidewalk in areas without bike lanes. And then finally, Ben, your thoughts on it.
2: You know, I thought one thing that was interesting, the response we did get before the publication from the sheriff's office. A lot of readers have really honed in on this and so did Supervisor Holly Mitchell. Lieutenant Lorena Rodriguez from the Sheriff's Department said, quote, we are not conducting traffic stops of persons obviously engaged in the use of a bicycle for exercise or amusement. And Supervisor Holly Mitchell really keyed in on that because what that leaves open is people who are commuting to work, people who need to ride their bike to get to and from work who neither bike bike a necessity to go to the grocery or go, you know, just to get around. She dug in on that and was just like, you know, I'm not sure how you can determine whether somebody is riding for recreation or riding to commute to work. And really, I think the sheriff's department in that statement really showed their hand and showed their true colors. And I don't think they meant to.
0: Yeah, again, going back to that issue of class bias in this case, if the assumption is that if you have the Lycra on, if you have those super light bikes and you have the helmet and cycling with like 15 other people, then you're obviously quote unquote good. And anything other than that, if you're an adult on a bike with a backpack, then obviously you're someone bad. So we should pull over the latter folks instead of the former folks. It's class, it's class.
2: Right, and I talked to a Latino cyclist in East LA who, Now lives in the west side, but he's like, when I was younger, I wore the khakis and I had a fixed gear and I got stopped all the time. Now I have a nice bike. I wear Lycra. I wear the shorts. I have the gear and I never get stopped. And he's like, there's a huge difference. And also, you know, I am a white cyclist and we've heard from a lot of white cyclists over the last few weeks people, when they ride, whether they're in packs or not, they run every stop sign, they run every red light, and they've never been pulled over, you know, for not having a bike light, for not having a reflector, for maybe having to ride on the sidewalk for a little bit. Like that's the farthest thing from a white cyclist mind, according to the people I've talked to and also my personal experience.
0: You could find the full report along with follow-ups at latimes.com. And this package was also written with our former colleague, Julia Barajas. Ben, Aline, thank you so much for this conversation.
1: Thank you.
0: Thanks. Coming up, a cycling activist. Carlos Morales is the founder of Eastside Bike Club in Los Angeles, a group dedicated to empowering Latino cyclists and giving them a presence in the city and county. He also owns Stan's bike shop in Azusa, California. So if you hear any clanging in the background, it's because people are working on bikes. Carlos, welcome to The Times. Thank you very much. Your life is bikes, all bikes. So how did you get into this life and how did it lead to you creating the
3: Eastside Bike Club? Back in 2008, the doctors, they says, Carlos, you're morbid obese. At the time, I weighed 400 pounds. The doctor's words was saying, Carlos, if you don't lose weight now, you know a lot of people and those people are going to be at your funeral. And that's when it really hit hard. And then I started to get on a bike in northeast Los Angeles. And I asked my friends that I need your help to ride. And my initial ride started with bike officers back in 2008.
0: Streets and cities in general, they're not designed with cyclists in mind. So that's why a lot of times cyclists will be stopped for supposedly like an infraction or whatever. And they don't even know that they're infracting on anything, you know. So what is it like to navigate the area, you know, northeast L.A., L.A. County on a bicycle? What are the bigger issues?
3: Well, actually, the issues are many Dealing with motorists, first of all, opening the doors on you, giving you what's called a right hook or a left hook where they, you're coming down and they cut you off at a driveway or what have you. Another issue is education, the motorists, the cyclists and the pedestrians that we have to live together on the streets of L.A. The third element is law enforcement.
0: Carlos, you've talked about how friendly police were with you on the East Side Bike Club's inaugural run. They came at your request. But then as the months passed, law enforcement all of a sudden weren't as nice anymore.
3: I never envisioned becoming a cycling advocate or an educator by any means. I had friends around me that helped me accomplish that. The group grew from eight people to over 400 people as I was exploring the community and seeing things, I also came across a lot of discrepancies on how bicyclists got treated. Most of the group from the East Side Bike Club were Latino. There's been instances where we've got stopped in San Marino, South Pasadena, Alhambra, Temple City, Monrovia on and on and on. And I've really seen some bad incidents that frustrated me so much. And I said, how could this be happening? And that's when I started talking to politicians, started showing up at City Hall, started going to police stations and talking to watch commanders, lieutenants, captains, because of all the problems they were having regarding cyclists and law enforcement and the lawsuits that were going on. They decided to create a LAPD bike task force. And I was one of like nine civilians that was invited to be part of this core group. What year was that? That was in 2009. Chief Branton tried to establish us as a liaison between the LAPD and the cyclists. Because if LAPD would come on, what they were trying definitely wasn't working. I was just ending up with a lot of lawsuits.
0: That was back then. Now we're in 2021, and my L.A. Times colleagues do this big investigation. The L.A. County sheriff's deputies, not LAPD—that's a whole other department. The deputies are stopping and searching Latino cyclists at disproportionately higher rates. How did you, another cyclist, feel hearing about that news?
3: We were so disappointed. You know, I reflect back. I says, God, it's over ten years, and it's still happening. We have gained some progress. But there's still a lot more to go. I did read the report on the LA Times, and I honestly found it to be pretty accurate on the discrimination. Because we've experienced, I've seen it with my own eyes, with members of our group. So how does this harassment stop? Collaboration, getting people that are on opposite ends of the fence to come in and start dialogue. And trust me, it's not easy for a civilian such as I to tell law enforcement how to do their job. They don't want to hear it. They are the the officials. They're the ones that uh, know the law. They're the ones who cite you for it. But in many instances, we've seen that the police officers within the same agency and within the same division, they would interpret the law in different ways. So a bunch of us got together. There's an activist named Stephen Box. He actually created the Cycling Bill of Rights and it was introduced into City Hall. The Cycling Bill of Rights was something really big that changed the landscape.
0: Carlos, thank you so much for this interview. Thank you. And that's it for this episode of The Times, daily news from the LA Times. Tomorrow, we talk about a new program that lets incarcerated people earn bachelor's degrees through the Cal State system. Our show is produced by Shannon Lynn, Denise Guerra, and Melissa Kaplan. Our engineer is Mario Diaz. Our editors are Shawnee Hilton and Lauren Rabb, and our theme music is by Andrew Ipik. Like what you're listening to? Then make sure to follow The Times on whatever platform you use. Don't make us to Puchia Podcasts. I'm Gustavo Ariano. We'll be back tomorrow with all the news and desmadre. Gracias.